Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle podcast season three. I have an amazing young citizen of the year with me today, Samantha Pullman. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for having me. Full name, so this is formal. Well, it is just for the introduction part. It's wonderful to have you this year as our Young Citizen of the Year in the City of Newcastle. A lot of people would know you as our very high-profile Giants netball star, playing in this year's grand final, almost getting there, being an MVP in the preliminary final, but also a decade of very elite sportsmanship for you. But there's been so much more to your career and so much more to come. You were recognised by the city this year for not only your contribution to female sport and netball, but also the charity work you do. I was fortunate enough to come to one of your under 11 development days uh, with Aspire Netball. And at that time, you were raising significant funds for bushfire relief. How did that all come about? What a lovely introduction. I certainly pride myself on and being more than just an elite netballer and certainly really recognise that the last couple of months while I reflect on on finishing up. But yeah, for me, I created Aspire Netball because I was a regional athlete that had to drive, well, I shouldn't say I drive, my parents drove me um, back and forth to Sydney just to get the opportunities required to continue through the pathway. So for me, I wanted to create those opportunities here locally and worked really hard the last four years on that. And back in 2020, at the start of the year, when we had the bushfires, there was a lot of work in terms of Netball Australia and and how you could fundraise and, and what that looked like. And I got this email asking if I would... I guess, do a clinic and and raise some funds. And everything that I've done has always been for a bigger purpose than just something like that. And yes, I could have got a group together and and raised some funds and and did a netball clinic and donated that way. But of course, I I wanted to do something a lot bigger than that and really pulled on some wonderful people that have supported me throughout my career. And you know, I didn't even tell really the club what I was doing because I thought people would tell me that it was crazy to be able to bring a whole region of ours, which is just on the border of Sydney. So from Woiwoi all the way up to Tari, round to Scone and back round. So that looks like 22 Nepal associations, which is massive. So I pulled it off in in three weeks. We had the pleasure of of you attending. And yeah, I think we raised around $12,000 in our first year. And I was so proud that we united as a region to donate to the Bushfile Appeal and be a part of our sport. And, you know, we also then had a day, it it wasn't just for me about fundraising, we had to develop our players, coaches and umpires that would give back to the association more than just the day. So I was so incredibly proud. The amount of people at Newcastle Netball Courts, you know, the families, the parents, the fireys, yourself, we had invited all of the pathway organisations for the girls to aspire to hopefully play for and then Giants Netball came along for me and we had uh, Wendy Archer, who was a previous Netball New South Wales board member and, and current Australian board member. So just incredible, which is now an annual event. So we we had it this year just before COVID struck us again. And I think we're up to about $20,000 and we'll do it again at the end of Feb next year. It's just an amazing event that you're using your profile as an elite athlete, a great sportswoman, a netballer. Talk to me about netball growing up here in Newcastle. You grew up in Rankin Park, Crankin at Rankin, we used to call it. <laughs> Did you ever call it that? Because I had good friends there. We used to go, oh, oh we're going go. Crankin at Rankin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like it. <laughs> 
from Rankin Park. You, were you a West Junior? I was. Yeah, we used to play against you. Obviously, not the same age. Clearly, um, I was a South Junior. I was going to say you're going to tell me you're a South Junior, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, a great rivalry. Yeah, yeah. The Lions. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a great club. It is. Yeah. Well, you need a few clubs all participating at a pretty high level to make a competition work. But I think when I look, obviously, I'm a lot older than you. But it was always a bit of a South versus West, just in local Newcastle netball yes. happening. From those years playing on the courts here in Newcastle, West Junior, growing up. How did that pathway open up for you to become really one of our uh, most well-known elite female athletes from this area? Yeah, I was a really proud and passionate uh, West player and still connect to that club. And the only reason I guess I, I have a little bit of a laugh about South is because I lost to them in every single grand final I ever played for West. So <laughs> they always beat my team. But look, I was a, you know, people would say that I was tall, but I wasn't an overly talented netball. I was in the B team for my age group for Wests. And I really loved ballet. And for me, I guess where it started was the under 12s uh, Newcastle rep team and I was selected for that and at the time we did have the Hunter Jagers so you know you had that I guess role models where you could see them and that that was our professional team so that entertainment centre would be packed out so I was one of those girls that would go um, I was fortunate enough to follow the footsteps of Lara Wellam. So she lived at Rankin Park, uh, went to the same primary school and high school. So, and she was, I think, the pinup girl um, for the Jags at the time. This, you know, amazing goal attack. So certainly had these incredible role models to look up to. And when I was about 15, it was the last year that they were in the competition. I had the, the chance and opportunity to train with them and remember being you know, so (laughs) overwhelmed with just being able to, you know, catch and and pass and run around. And I was injured at the time, so I wasn't too involved, but certainly got a taste of I wanted to be at that level. And, you know, the national sport structure changed and and we we lost the Hunter Jagers because the teams in the competition decreased. So starting at Newcastle Rep, having that uh, role model in the Hunter Jagers ignited the the passion in me to want to be better. And and the, I guess, the values and and the commitment side of things that have really taken me to to the top of the elite level was I was really hardworking. I was really committed to what I wanted to do. I was a team player and I certainly wanted to learn and was very passionate. And, you know, in any sport, and this is what we talk about all the time, there's people that, yeah, they have natural talent, but unless you have these other qualities to get, you know, to go with it, you you don't have the incredible career. So the athletes that I speak to about now, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to admit that I wasn't the most talented netballer going around, but I certainly had potential and I worked really hard and was committed to it. So yeah, I guess that's where 12's rep was where it started and and progressed quite nicely through the pathway and, and certainly was fortunate enough that my my parents were happy to commit to, you know, four or five days a week driving to Sydney and back. And also the amount of money that they've spent on my career, I, you know, is just, <laughs> you know, $60 a day in petrol and, you know, accommodation, all those things like, um, and I'm one of four. So just incredible. It's an amazing commitment parents make, Absolutely. isn't it? Really. And growing up outside of a capital city, I played a little bit of netball, but then played basketball and yep. the travel to play in some of those higher level teams was a lot more onerous for anyone from a regional area. Absolutely. So it, it is like a whole of family commitment. And I noticed that also on the day I attended 
uh, your <laughs> rope till my brother's in. Yep. Yes, um, uh, the people that sort of come, you know, running around with the balls and organising everything. It's like your mum, your dad, your brother. It's a whole family affair, which I think is lovely. Yeah, they've been really supportive my entire career. When I played for Adelaide for four years, they'd come over and watch games, and and certainly they've got a lot of memories, um, you know, with the other families and and playing nationals and everything that 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 brings. So I think they've certainly had a lot of enjoyment, not only watching me play, but also yeah with the journey itself and then yeah I think they're just really proud of of what I'm doing with Aspire and especially that 11th development day they're they're happy to pump up nipples or organize shirts or or tick people off or, or do whatever's required I think everyone can just see the the goodness in in that day and and they want to be involved and they're more than happy to and it's really that perfect age is the age where I noticed growing up you had that opportunity where people like yourself that are interested have some talent but also have a real drive and a real passion that that's kind of a bit of a an age particularly for those type of ball sports where people can go I think I want to take this further and you are like naturally tall which is very helpful in netball yep. but that doesn't people don't realize that that only gets you less, so far so far like at elite <laughs> yep. at an elite level that's it, it all just sort of evens out really doesn't it it's so much more than just some genetic blessings it really is an unbelievable amount of work and to stay at the top of your career for so long I mean I got a lot of enjoyment out of watching the last season not knowing actually it was going to be your last season yeah but I guess uh, we were a lot of us were in lockdown yeah and I had more of an opportunity to be able to watch yeah you had time I had, <laughs> yeah I had some time on the weekends and the netball would come on and I'll be like oh this is exciting and it was I think a really interesting time for you and all the players sort of being locked up in Queensland with all the footballers as well to be able to go I guess into like a camp like situation and I could just see from say giant social media or your social media this real bond a different bond being formed with the teams because they're all with some family members but with each other locked up in Queensland. Yeah I'd don't know how to describe it or if one word can, but yeah, certainly this year was the most challenging year. I'm, I mean, I'm you know confident to say for all sports, but certainly for netball, I'm part of our Players Association board and understood, you know, the leadership within that sport to get a season off the ground considering we were running from COVID. Like we were state hopping, you'd get an hour notice, you'd pack up all your stuff. We had two suitcases, one suitcase followed us around the whole countryside at one point. We didn't know where we were going. So at one point we were freezing in Adelaide and buying puffer jackets to next minute back in Queensland and didn't know where our puffer jacket went and didn't have the right clothes. So, um, you know, for us, we thought 2020 was challenging, but this season was just a whole nother level. We got caught in a, not doing anything wrong, but caught in a hot spot, which meant we couldn't cross borders. Um, the amount of COVID tests we had was insane. We did quarantine. Like you learnt very quickly that this is what's happening in the world and sport is a privilege and certainly doesn't allow you to, to jump into states like we normally would. We chartered flights, um, which everyone thought was really luxury, but it was very stressful and, and unknown. So yeah, I guess it did bond everyone together because playing an elite season anyway is massive like to get yourself up for a game 
is huge in any sport in a normal year. And then to add the fact that you've slept in about three different hotels in the last couple of days, you haven't been able to train because you've been locked in quarantine. You don't know where you're going tomorrow. You don't know where half your suitcase is and you're just hoping that you have your dress and bits and pieces. Like us as netballers pack our own bags. We don't have someone, you know, (laughs) taking our luggage for us. So yeah, I guess it, it allowed you to learn a lot about yourself and other people And it was a really pressured situation. So, yeah, everyone connected. And I think that's why I guess we did so well because we went, us and Swifts went through probably the most compared to other teams. And it's crazy to think we played half the the season as a normal season, traveling around with crowds and then the second half. um, Yeah. And I guess for me, I I mean, I somewhat enjoyed it. it. did take a little bit of pressure off because what you went through all week, the easiest part of that week was actually playing your game of netball. What's happening in your Newcastle? Subscribe to our mailing list at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. It's quite interesting to hear an insider's view of what it was like as an athlete to be shuffled around with no notice and what people saw on the outside and then really the the national discussion not so interested in people that were still trying to work because that's your job yeah um, it's a passion but it's also your paid employment and yeah. it's women's sport and uh, thankfully there's been a lot of work done to get us to the point where there is some more equality there's some really good sponsorships that I've noticed come on board with netball. I'm not sure if you know off the top of your head you may um, the participation rates of netball. They're exceptionally high in terms of uh, female athletes in this country and it's only really been the last few years you've seen that that tide change and thank goodness I say (laughs) but it's taken it's taken a lot it's taken the people that have gone before you and leadership of your group I know that you've worked pretty hard through your role with the Players Association I would love to know more about that type of aspect of your job yeah I'm more than happy to give you a bit of insight because that's that's part of it is people don't understand I you know know that if you look on social media or our platform, the only thing that we could do that week that was enjoyment was potentially if we could go in a pool, if quarantine allowed, or if we could go to the beach. So what do you think we put on social media? The one picture that we went to the beach in the week. So, you know, I've got some incredible videos that I ended up sharing after, but you couldn't share half the stuff because, you know, you didn't know, you know, each state was looking over, the government was looking over what you were doing and where you've been and if you've been in a hotspot and, you know, all this stuff. So you can't then go and put a video of us packing our suitcases on the floor doing, you know, like you certainly had to keep it all quite hush because the last thing you would want to do is is put the sport into any danger of, of whatever that, that state requirement was. I might just inter- interject and say, it seems like the netballers managed to behave themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and manage those competing interests. Let's just give a shout out to yes, the, the female athletes in the country because I think male counterpart might have stumbled a couple of times. Exactly. And so, you know, don't worry. I had Newcastle very high priority very early on this adventure that we had in terms of moving around the country. Of course, I was saying to Players Association and our boss, like, you know, Newcastle has a stadium and, you know, we've got all the facilities and a beach we could turn up because with the restrictions, the only thing that you could actually do is go for a swim in the ocean. So you couldn't go to a coffee shop, you couldn't go to Coles, you couldn't go to Woolworths the entire time we were away. So the only freedom we had was to go for a walk around a park or go to a beach. So I said Because they couldn't risk you coming into contact with anybody. Correct. Mm. So we had our own rules with the league um, that we followed the entire time. We only had one netballer that had to do 14 days quarantine and that wasn't 
by doing anything wrong. That was just an unfortunate situation. And we got, you know, stuck in a hotspot in Melbourne. But with the times changed, you know, 24 hours later, we actually weren't there at the same time. So, yes, I love that you, you pointed that out. But, yeah, in terms of netball, it's the most participated female sport in the country. And, you know, while we're talking about the hub this year, we ended up being in the same resort in the Gold Coast as the AFL Giants, which is our, I guess, our club as well, and the AFL Swans. Now, they are getting laundry cleaned for them. They are got chefs that are doing massive buffets. Like every resource they have, their entire families are away with them if they chose to do that. And here we are, you know, paying $5 every time we want to wash um, our laundry in the hotel and, you know, having to get most meals yourself unless we're in quarantine and it had to be sorted. So certainly netballers, we weren't paid we were paid a little bit more a day because we were away, but we certainly, like our commitment and what we sacrificed for that many months, we aren't just full-time athletes. We do have other jobs. So it certainly impacted us as players. And I am proud to say that as a players association this year, we signed what we call the new CPA and that landed us to be the highest paid uh, domestic female competition in the league. So we- Congratulations. Ser- yeah, thank that you. Was, I, I saw that come yeah. through and I thought, good on- netball Australia and yeah. good on the players and we've, it's so important we've fought so hard for that like and, and that's the reason why I joined the players association because I saw all the work the previous players have done to put you know myself in a better position now I'm happy to share you know when the Jagers were around you know they were lucky to get a pair of shoes and a roll of tape and maybe if you were the captain or something maybe you got a thousand dollars my first contract 10 years ago with the Adelaide Thunderbirds and I lived interstate and paid rent no one knows how I, I don't know how I did that was a $12,000 contract wow you know our like five years ago we then uh landed uh I think it was around $30,000 for a minimum wage which was massive and now our previous deal just lands I think the minimum's around 40 so while that is a massive jump and impressive if you sat down and asked an NRL player or any other you know AFL player what their minimum wage is <laughs> you know, it's four times that. So while we've worked really hard to increase our minimum wage, you know, as senior athletes, our our wage hasn't really moved in, in five years. So certainly a lot to celebrate and we've achieved a lot in 10 years. We're not expecting it to, you know, tomorrow change. So there's certainly been a lot of work and I'm really proud of what I've contributed to the sport and the players, uh, but I still think there's a long way to go as well. Absolutely. I mean, I guess all that work you're talking about has lifted the minimum wage to a pretty low minimum wage if you Absolutely. if you compare it against other employment yeah. and other sectors. It's a very small pathway to actually being able to make a career out of it, a very limited pathway, obviously, and it's predominantly participated by women. I know that there are some men that play netball, but let's be honest about that. It's, yeah. you know, it's basically at that level, completely a female sport. I guess there's some referees or umpires, wrong sport, basketball there, <laughs> umpires <laughs> okay. and um, coaches that are, are men at that level. And there are some players um, through the different associations, but there is, you know, with all glass ceilings, there's always a bit of a long way to go. It would be good to see, I guess, a full professionalisation of women's netball in Australia, given how successful they are and given the huge following. Like, everybody needs to see, 
no matter you know what sector of the community you're from the celebration or leadership roles or role models that are in a similar image whether it be from diverse cultural backgrounds um, gender whatever it is I think it's really important that those type of role models are reflected back even when I grew up obviously there was no professional netball the Jagers came in I was already an adult Reagan Jackson yeah yeah, Reagan Gilmore was playing yeah um she was amazing and that cohort went through and it was wonderful having the Jagers in Newcastle like we absolutely so can we talk about them coming back yes 100% (laughs) like the fact that we the fact that we don't have a team not just netball but um in the both the the men's and the women's uh basketball is a travesty to this city that's no good like we like this is a big region and a big sporting region we absolutely should have all of those teams operating out of Newcastle. Yeah so we talk about Newcastle being such a gold mine. we have so many um, participation numbers and certainly have the talent I can't share too much but you know in terms of Aspire we've got another two athletes that have confidentially stepped up into the pre-elite level which is just amazing so we certainly have the talent you know I think two things we need a updated indoor facility but then also that was one of the things that I was discussing with the league and then unfortunately COVID hit two years ago so I certainly think the expansion of Super Netball was on the cards because you know we have so much talent within Australia and we're seeing now imports come in and take up spots so it was the questioning of going yeah are we increasing pay and you know different parts of the sport or are we going to increase in terms of two more teams and increase it that way and we have the talent which provides more opportunity which allows the league to be stronger which gets you know more communities involved etc so I was certainly banging on the door about Newcastle you don't have to I'm sure that that wouldn't surprise you and hopefully you know COVID certainly has had impact on a lot of business and organisation. So hopefully, you know, in in five or so years when everyone kind of is grounded again, those things and opportunities can come because, yeah, like we shared before, Hunter Jagers filled out Entertainment Centre. I have no doubt we have such a strong basketball community here too and talent, like I'm sure that would equally. So, yeah, if you could help us out with the netball basketball (laughs) stadium, that would be lovely. Yeah, absolutely, 100% committed to that process and that's what we have been doing with the New South Wales government for a number of years yep. is negotiating a new basically entertainment facility yes. at Hunter Park. But that has been jammed up on a few occasions with the processes uh, of the New South Wales government, whether that be Venues New South Wales. Yeah. Don't worry, um, I've had discussions yeah. with Venue New South Wales, <laughs> yeah. just so that they're aware as well. Look, uh, you wouldn't believe the meetings I've traversed down the M1 yep. to try and actually get some seed funding for that project, which mm-hmm. we got thankfully in the budget this year to actually do that work and then we need the funding to build the new entertainment center which yes people just think concerts but it's the whole reason you need that facility upgraded because it's not really fit for purpose now is for those elite sports there's plenty of courts for training and um, local competitions yeah absolutely but that show court and you need it accessible in terms of transport location and a number of other amenities around it actually create that uh, precinct environment so that's what we've been pushing the New South Wales government on at Hunter Park 
unfortunately, it's hit a few roadblocks, but we do push pretty hard. We're pretty yeah, relentless at the Which city awesome. of Newcastle. But it's great having ambassadors like you, our Young Citizen of the Year, doing a phenomenal uh, work both on the court and off the court. Your Newcastle is changing daily and we care about you. Have your say at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. You did announce your retirement. I did. So what's next for Sam Pullman? Ten years in the elite world, I was a regional athlete that just wanted one season to prove that I was good enough and to be around ten years later, 104 games, I had the honour of captaining Australia at Fast Five, you know, and all of the work that we've discussed around the Players Association and also Spy Netball, I've achieved way more than I could have ever dreamed from my career and I think, you know, to go out on a season like that where I showed the value in a type of player like myself, I was always a person that wanted to do the job for the team and and we always when we watch sport you want the flashy player that you watch that stands out but I think for me you know doing your job for your team and and might be maybe a little bit um, not as specky I think this year showed the importance of a player like like myself and and hopefully that inspires um, I reckon if they did a highlight reel (laughs) of you they'd be pretty flashy like from what oh, I thanks. saw, and I didn't, I didn't like, I, you know, I don't see every single game, yeah. but I saw a few just because yeah. of lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you mostly play in uh, the circle in goalkeeper. On the tallest shooters in the world. Yeah. Yes. And there was a pretty, there's a fair amount of flashy moments in oh, there. Oh, thank you. Because you get a lot of the really imports nice. playing against you as well. Yeah. So I'm up against what a good challenge, the, you know, the best shooters in the world. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me to show the value to both players and certainly coaches like when you're picking a team you know 10 flashy players doesn't doesn't work you you need someone like me yeah getting the job done exactly but i'm saying (laughs) you're getting the job done and And you're telling me i look flashy thanks (laughs) there's a fair amount of flash like particularly with the rule change so as a goalkeeper like that would be a tough rule change like because it's really a lot happens underneath um, the hoop, the basket, or whatever people want to call yeah. it. When you change that rule, it really brings your shooter out of the the circle more, and that's really different space. I think in goalkeeper land, not goal defence land, goalkeeper land. Yeah, it challenged the sport a lot last year. It was bought to give people a little bit of an insight. We had broken up because of COVID, so that was when COVID first started, and no one really knew what it was doing. We were all kind of sent home and weren't allowed to go back to training. And then I think there was about four weeks prior to a season starting. So, you know, real concerns that you haven't been on court, you haven't trained together as a team. And then the league decided to bring in a rule that changed the sport. Look, there could be people that don't play netball or understand what we're talking about. To explain what oh, the rule sorry. change was. Yeah. yeah, so you in the last five minutes of each quarter of the game, you can yeah get more points for your shot in a, in a I guess, the halfway uh, further out of the circle so, so it's like a three it's like a three-pointer in basketball yeah, but it's worth two ball. points so it was yeah. brought in as an entertainment i guess product to yeah allow viewers to be more entertained that that maybe don't watch netball now the people that are traditional netballers it was an absolute oh yeah yeah you i can, can imagine, imagine. <laughs> um because why touch a beautiful game of, of netball and add this rule but anyway and then for us as players we're going you know whoever made that decision the league made that decision that's really challenging for us as players so i think and why we say that is because game sense wise you're taught from five years old as a defender to keep your player away from the post because the easiest shot to take is is close to the post yeah 
and so then you, you push them out of the circle. Correct. Yeah. And then you're adding the last five minutes where you're telling them, no, no, no. Yeah, push, you them them push, push them back in. Push them back in. in. <laughs> so, look, we I think it certainly did its purpose. While it was very uncomfortable, credit to those that made the decision because it certainly has proven that it, it is more entertaining to watch. And as a defender... I think for me... A lot of your flashy moments that they'd have on a highlight reel, I think, came from those <laughs> last five minutes. I think there's it's... There's intercepts. There's, like, there's a fair amount oh, of body thank contact. You. You're making like, me feel really good. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of body... But I don't think people realise how physical it yeah. is in there. It's brutal. Yeah. So, I think, like, all your ribs would be bruised oh, after every last, game. The second last game I played, yeah, I well, think where I was you were MVP. that, I, um, like, that I had brothers. <laughs> I got smashed in that game. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's... It's classified as a non-contact sport. But I think the rule change allowed me, I pride myself on being a, and a smart uh, defender that reads the game well. So that rule played into my hands. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was a, it's very different to your normal Saturday netball when you're pushing players in your role in goalkeeper back out to the end of the circle. Sorry to all the people that don't follow netball, <laughs> that we've gone into some good no, technical no. detail the here. people that love netball. But I think people that, um, that want to hear a bit of your backstory and and understand uh, how you became our Young Citizen of the Year, want to know, like, particularly it's your final year, you made the grand final, the preliminary final, your MVP. Uh, it's been a phenomenal career for you on the court, but it also helps people understand what's next for you off the court with all the work you've done in terms of with the player association, with local charities. So do you have a taster for your fans out there? Yeah, I hopefully I keep describing it as a puzzle piece. I had when I announced it surprised a lot of people that I was retiring or my family and, and, and that knew I, I certainly decided about 12 months ago that it was going to be my last season. And when it surprised a lot of people, I was really taken back by the amount of people that saw the value in myself as a person and what I brought to an organization and certainly offered some really lovely things so hopefully after this week I can kind of decide yeah what next year looks like but certainly still involved in the sport and want to challenge myself so I'll still be on a few different boards within sport in Australia and then also netball um what boards are they can't tell you oh sorry 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 sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could um Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, one's in in terms of sport in Australia and, and the other one will be involved in netball, which is, you this know, is really fantastic. exciting. I just think it's wonderful. Yeah. And I know that you will help us get a national team back oh, in Newcastle. You and I, yes. Well, you know, I'm I'm going to be the assistant coach of Giants Academy, which is the the team under the top league. Yeah, and then still be involved in, in my company and bits and pieces. So, yes, between you and I, let's hope that, you know, the 11s that are, that are running around at our 11s development day can play play for our hometown, you know, in in five or ten years' time. There's a lot of talent out there and they're very lucky that you're here in Newcastle nurturing that talent. And it's not just Newcastle, it's the whole Hunter region, it's the Central Coast, it's the Northern Rivers. You really do hub out into the regions from here. And I'm very passionate, as you know, about women in sport. We share the passion. And it's wonderful to have you as our Young Citizen of the Year sharing that passion. So hopefully uh, we get to talk again soon. Thank you. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen.